we have uh, a few text messages to go for to. Before we do, just want to mention uh, this evening we have the N Digital is on again yes. um, with He Is Risen. So I'll be there this evening, hoping that you all can join us. Yeah, we're going to be hyping you up. That's right. Join us at seven thirty this evening. You'll find me on YouTube. I'll be the person there who looks like the N Digital, but it's actually me. <laughs> so if you want to give me a hard time and. Uh, See if you can find the mistake. Yeah, no, well, there is a mistake. Oh, there is a, a mis- mistake. There is a misstatement in the middle of it somewhere. Oh, See if you can find it. I need to watch it then. I need to get on radio and smash you. So tomorrow. Just, Justin had one, <laughs> and two people found it. So okay. you can find mine. All right, mine's a little bit more subtle. Uh, than I'm going to be like three tabbing. I'm going to have Faith FM open. I'm going to have Facebook open. I'm going to have YouTube open. Listening to all of them, writing comments in all of them. I don't think you can write comments on Faith <laughs> FM, but dude, I love that stuff. Being you know interactive program, it's going to be good stuff. Yes, yes. Oh, actually, I have something to mention real quick. We are doing a Faith FM survey. So if you are interested in having your say in the direction that Faith FM should go and, and what you would like to see from the station, go to faithfm.com.au. Uh, you can fill out a survey there. You'll find it right on the main page. And you will go in the draw to win one of 10 $100 Visa gift cards. Okay. So get in. This, this is a win-win-win situation. Faithfm.com.au. Just go there. You're in the draw. Yeah, you get... A gift card, you get to, you know, improve radio. There is 10 of them available. That's that's significant. I don't think you can win all 10 or more than one, but you can win one of 10. I wish I could win one. I'd be filling out that survey (laughs) in like a heartbeat. Anyway, (laughs) jump on there. Do that. All right, text messages. Here we go. This is a long Mm -hmm. one. You ready for it? All right. It's time that we should wake up to the fact that COVID is being used by Satan to bring in the last day events. And I'll just stop there and comment on this. You know, there have been a number of politicians who said, you know, you should never waste a good crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that may have started with Winston Churchill. Yeah, probably. But it's been repeated by a bunch of politicians ever since. Mm-hmm. Don't ever waste a good crisis. Yes. So whenever there's a crisis, you know it's going to be used for political ends. Yes. And that's exactly what's being used right now. Uh, it's being used by Satan to bring in last day events. As always, he uses government's leaders uh, to do his biddings. What is amazing that the majority of Christians, Eve and among us, uh, seem to accept it and just do whatever they are told. I will state this. That there is a time and a place to obey the government even when the government is wrong. Mm-hmm. And that is when it does not violate our conscience. Yeah. Uh, Romans 14, I believe. That's the principle in the clear. Bible. The yeah. Bible says that if the government violates our conscience, then we disobey the government. If it is not violating our conscience, then we obey the government even when the government is wrong. Mm. Okay. Uh, where do we get up to? The voices that are warning... The voices that are warning are being silenced by those who are afraid or too lazy to do their own research. That is why the majority of Christians will end up accepting the mark of the beast as they have already been trained. Wolves are holding back here. <laughs> um, the majority of Christians. And this is interesting because, you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, take heed that no man deceive you. That's KJV. Mm. And Jesus repeats that four times in 12 verses. Watch out that no one deceives you at the end of time. Deception only applies to Christians. You all right, you all understand that, right? Mm. You know, he's talking about he's talking about Christians here because you actually have to have the truth in order to know what the lie is. Exactly, or to be deceived. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You have to have the truth to be deceived. So he's warning warning Christians here. Uh, a lot of Christians sort of have this feeling, well, like, you know, I'm saved, I can't be deceived. Um, no, that's not what Jesus says. If anything, you, you, dude, you're the most at risk. Uh, because the devil's got, coming after yeah, you harder than anyone else. You've got a target. 
Uh, where did we get up to? How many pastors will be used by Satan? How many pastors Oof. are warning the people of churches of what's really happening? Wake up before it's too late. God help the sheep without real shepherds. Only Jesus saves. He's the true shepherd. Love that. Follow him. He will never leave you or forsake you. Mm. And this is a very valid point. I'm just going to stop here for a moment because one of the biggest problems with Christianity is that we follow pastors rather than mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is you, you see this. People say, "Why are there so many different churches?" There's your answer. Yeah, wow. People follow pastors rather than Jesus. If we just followed Jesus, there'd only be one church. But because we follow leaders, religious leaders, we end up with all of these splits and divisions left, mm. right, and center. Follow him. He will never leave you or forsake you. Romans chapter 13 is and will be used by church and state for this very purpose. They forget to tell you, give unto Caesar what's Caesar's and to God what's God's. God have mercy. Wow. Great uh, text message there. Another one about the uh, interview of the day. Um, and this one coming through from Darren. He says, many a night around the fire listening to Patterson and Lawson being read Let's by go. my dad. Uh, it steeped a love of my country in the Aussie battler into my bones. That's so good. Just the best. You know what? I, like, my dad has quite a good library, but we've never, I've never really spent much time delving into it, but I'm pretty sure we've got a Andrew, you know, we've got a Banjo Patterson, we've got a Henry Lawson in there. I might, might give him a, a flick through this afternoon. Yes. And come in this morning just quoting. His name was Andrew Patterson. You didn't know that, right? Um, you nearly said Andrew, but it's actually y- correct. Yeah, I know. Andrew Barton but, Patterson. But I just, you know, I was like, oh, Banjo. Of course. You've come from a Polynesian background. Does, mm. Do you, do, and, and grown up in America. Yes. Did you ever get uh, the influence of Banjo Patterson? I didn't think so much until like we moved to Australia. I mean, I always knew of like some of his more famous, you know, poems and songs and things like that, like Waltzing Matilda. Yep. But I think it was really a part of, you know, like me growing up um, mm. until we moved to Australia and uh, in year six, they made us all sing the Waltzing Matilda song. So that was kind of my first proper introduction. <laughs> and did either of you guys ever know that he was a deeply spiritual guy? No. No. There you go. We learned something very new this morning. And uh, we've got some great poems there, I think, that are just fantastic to be read around the campfire. We've sort of got away from that tradition, I think, as Australians. Mm. But we need to, uh, mm. we definitely need to get back to it. Okay, so those are our text messages dealt with. We need to get into our Bible study for today. Yes. We have uh, a great passage to look at. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. So we're looking at the big questions of, you know, who am I, why am I here, where am I going, mm. those kinds of questions. Uh, Janae, can you read for us Genesis 1 and verse 27, please? Yes. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, so what does that, What? how does that help us to answer the big questions? Who are we? Why are we here? Where are we going? Mm. Well, it gives us like a, an answer right there. It's like created in his image to be in him. Uh, this is like mm. this is like an ultimate qualifying statement of the Bible. You know, there's there's no context shrouding it. There's no you know, it's just straight up. Yep. Uh, my my uh, translation says, "And created human beings in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them." Okay, so if you look at the uh, pagan gods that were created, the pagan gods were created in the image of man, kind of the other way round. We'll talk about that in a moment. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. 
So let's compare this with the pagan gods. Mm. Uh, let's okay. Name a pagan god. Um, D- Dagog, Dragog, the one of the fish. Dagon, Dagon, D- the fish Dagon. God. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the one you were talking about, yes, right? Yes, yes. Of Dagon, course. Dagon the fish. Let's talk about Dagon the fish god. Uh huh. All right. So you've got a god who is a fish and has arms and legs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Okay. So if you look at the image of Dagon. Uh huh. Um, you've got this fish's head, but a uh, you know, human body with arms and legs, uh, kind of a little bit like a frog that is halfway mm. between a frog and a tadpole. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of that kind of thing, but with a fish instead of a frog. Um, okay, so this is human beings, and this is how human beings create a god. Mm. And then they will you know, give this god human characteristics. Mm. And so when... I know why you went with this story, because you had the story of Uzzah in your head, or Isaiah, um, <laughs> who touched the ark. But, you know, when you've got the ark of God who goes into the temple of Dagon and Dagon falls over and his arms and his legs yeah. fall off, you know, the Philistines recognize that this is a really bad thing because uh, it's just not very healthy when your God falls flat on his face and falls apart. Falls apart and you've got to, you know, sort of patch him back together again. Mm. Kind of makes you ask the question, well, what kind of a God is he if uh, you have to glue him back together? Yeah. You know, if he can't sort of fix himself. <laughs> but you will, you, you find he has human characteristics and they are worried about him because his arms and legs fall off because he has human characteristics. Mm. This is something that exists even now, like all throughout his, like fiction, you know, the idea of aliens, the idea, like when you look at Hollywood or just read books or whatever, like you always seem to come across that like, you know, every alien is just a human with like different skin and different facial structure. It's because it's like, it's who we relate to ultimately. It's what we understand. But it's it's like clear here, you know, we're made in the image of God. But what does that actually look exactly. like? Exactly. That's the question that I'm getting to now because we can make gods in our image, but what does it mean that we are made in God's image? Does that mean that God is just kind of like us? Well, in some ways, yes. I would say. Okay. You know, it's very right. clear. Like for the, best ex- <laughs> the best example of that is Jesus. When right. God becomes man, but we see this idea of like you know uh, throughout the Bible, uh, you see Jacob, for example, wrestling with uh, the man of God, and you see which is, Jesus. which is Jesus. We see the Son of God, one like the Son of God in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, we see Abraham conversating with uh, two strong men, and you know. The man of God. So it's Jesus, se- Jesus yeah. again. So it seems that like there is a component of God that is familiar to us, that does look like us, that is similar to us, that we can conversate with, that we can connect to. Right. Like you also want to remember that God is still like a divine being. So we're more so a reflection of God than we are, you know, exactly like him. But that's mm. what makes us special to him is that we share characteristics of him um, and yes. experiences of, you know, personality and meaning and will. And it's things like that that kind of really connect us to God and give us that special relationship. Yeah, I think that that's really, I, I think you're really, um, you know, I think you're really nailing it there because often when we talk about we're made in the image of God, the first thing that co- comes to our mind is, Physical characteristics. Yes. Mm. And I kind of want God to look like me. 
in a, in a weird kind of a way. <laughs> because that's what so, I can relate to. So vain, Lyle. <laughs> no, no, not like me, but like a human being. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, with arms and legs and, uh, and eyes and nose and mouth and, yeah, you know. Because, because Because I can relate to that. I can have a relationship with a being like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, this is why Jesus comes to earth as a human being. Yes. However, I think, Janae, you've you've really nailed some of the deeper aspects of what it means to be made in the image of God because, you know, as far as, you know, God the Father's physical makeup goes, we have no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's outside of time and space. Like, you know, we don't even know if he has it. Like, Physical makeup. We, 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 yeah, there's some kind, of, some kind of physical makeup there, but we just don't know because, yeah. you know, we haven't seen him. So, Janae, you listed a number of attributes there that we share with God. Yes. Mm. Can you just run through those again? Uh, I think I mentioned personality, um, will. There's something else. But just kind of like how, so when you look at God, we obviously have a personal connection with him. And in terms of personality, you know, he relates to a lot of the emotions that we feel. On you know like an everyday basis, when we feel pain, he feels pain, um, and mm. you know when we're happy, he also feels happy for us, and it's that kind of like those emotions that come with every person's personality that you really see uh, characterized in God. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think that's really important. If we go to Genesis chapter two, I want to want to look at spend a bit of time looking at some of these different aspects in which we are. Made in the image of God. So Genesis chapter 2, actually, a couple of verses here. Uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 1 mm-hmm. and verse 26. I want to see if you guys can, this is just something that popped into my mind. I want you to see if you can find out what is the similarity between God and us between Genesis one twenty six and Genesis 2.24. Okay, so the Bible says in Genesis one twenty six, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, uh, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Okay, so this is going to be a deep thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Chapter 2, verse 27, 24, please, uh, Janae. Yes, let me get that up. Okay, so the digital Bible comes to life. There we go. <laughs> All right, and God said, "Let the land produce living creatures wait, wait, according wait, 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 to wait, wait, their kinds." Wait, 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 wait. Two verse twenty-four. All right, I let's that- just change that chapter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united mm-hmm. to his wife, and they become one flesh. Okay. Once you notice the correlation between these two verses, we're made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, "God said, God singular said." Mm-hmm. Let us, plural, mm-hmm. us make man in our image. So when the Bible says us, when, when God says, let us. Yes. Who's that? Who's us? Well, it's like, oh, this is the classic, you know, the word used for God there is Elohim. This is like inherently a plural word. It doesn't need to, you know, put it, have an S put on the end. It's this idea that Father, Son, Holy Spirit united together makes up the image of God, the picture of God, the totality of God. And it's let us make man in our image. And we see them here, like particularly in verse 24, where it says, and this explains why uh, man leaves his father and mother and is joined with his wife. It's this idea that man in relationship is the best reflection of God that we can see. Mm. Humankind connected is because that's what God is, not as like God is a singular and 
a plural at the same time. Uh, not that, you know, there are many, many gods, but yeah, just the idea of the, the Trinity, God living together in relationship with one another. It's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when uh, you look at um, us as human beings, can we be plural and yet singular, singular as well? Oh, 100%. You know, you look at the family unit. Mm. Like, that, that's like the best example. And it gives the example right. here. Like, in verse 24, um, you know, coming together, being one one flesh. Even, like, in 25, where it said, the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Just this idea of total, uh, th- there's just no vulnerability between them. Like, they're completely vulnerable, yet there's no barriers up. There's, you know, sin hasn't created uh, any exclusion between them. It's just that they are functioning completely harmoniously, which is completely in harmony with one another. So it's, yeah, we we can function as as a group, which which means that we can be one. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think that um, you, sh- you guys are sharing some really good thoughts. Okay, so what are some of the other areas? In fact, I've got a verse here somewhere. Let me just see if I can dig this one up. John 4, verse 24. John 4, 24. Janae, you want to find that one for us? Yes. And, yeah, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about this one because it reveals an attribute of God that is definitely an attribute of humans as well. We're made in Im- His image. What do you got for us there? What's that uh, reference again? John, John 4, 4, 24. 24. All right, cool. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Mm. Okay, so the Bible says that God is spirit. And, of course, you know, we talked about the Godhead earlier. One member of the Godhead, a third of the, a third of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. And we as human beings are created as spiritual beings. Mm. And this is universe, almost universally recognized that humans are not just physical, humans are spiritual beings as well. We're going to come back, we're going to talk more about that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Message and song right there before we get back to our... In um, Bible study, we do have a couple of text messages to deal with. The first says this, brilliant message last night, Justin, absolutely uh, amazing and moving. Well, actually, that was the night before. Absolutely amazing and moving. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ for his death. And, of course, that mm. was Justin's message, the first one of the um, of our He Is Risen series uh, on the end.digital, and that will be back on again this evening. I encourage all of you to head over to the end.digital where you'll be able to watch it. And if you can't watch it, if you're driving or in your car somewhere, whatever it might be, then you can listen to it right here on Faith FM. So that was our first text message. A couple of others here. Uh, let me just head over to those real quick. Um, Jesus said to Thomas, you have been with me all this time and asked me, show me the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Mm. Physically and spiritually, God is love. Yes. And so this is, this is just amazing because, you know, Philip is like, you know, I guess he's like all of us. If I was there, if I was Philip, I'd be like, yeah, I've, I've seen Jesus. I've seen that aspect of the Godhead. I kind of expect that, well, maybe we don't get to see the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I think mm. we do. Uh, but he's like, I want to see the Father. Show us the Father. Mm. And Jesus is like, what do you need to see the Father for? You've seen me. It's exactly the same thing. Mm. Now, had Philip actually seen the Father, physically seen the Father? No. 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 But what had he seen? 
he had seen his character. Seen his character. And his mm. character is love. And that's all you really need to know about the father. Mm. That's all you need to see. And it's like, oh, we, me and Robbie were talking about this on the afternoon show last Thursday. This idea that there's always this element with faith that's involved with God, whether you're inside or outside of you know, the world of sin that we live in, even from the very beginning, you know, to with, with God, it's like, um, you know, Adam waking up after creation's done. There's this element of faith, you know, uh, Adam waking up after he's been created. There's this element of faith. And, and for us today, you know, we don't see God in, in a physical form, literally, but we know his character. We know what he's done for us. We know how he communicates us. And I think that that brings us to maybe the verse that we read before the break here. We know how he, yeah, he speaks to us, uh, as we read before in John 4, verse 24, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth Mm. yeah absolutely so another text message coming through um, which says we all will be one with the Lord Jesus Christ very simple text message but you know when we're talking about this concept of oneness Mm. Mm. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are one Mm. you know God singular said let us plural Mm. Um, the family as it's designed to be obviously sin exists in our world and so it's not perfect but without sin it is perfect a man shall leave his father and his mother and they shall um, cleave one to the other and they shall be one so this oneness is this because this is an attribute that come to us comes to us from God an attribute mm. of being made in the image of God and uh, as Freco points out here on the text message we all will be one with the Lord Jesus Christ which reminds me of the passage in John 17 verse 21 where Jesus prays or verse 20 neither I pr- pray I for these alone but for those also which shall believe on me through their word that's all of us here that they may be one as mm. you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. Mm. What a great passage. That's a prayer with a promise mm. Mm. that we can be one as a church and that we can be one with Jesus as Jesus is one with the Father. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Perfectly united in, in in our words, in our actions, in everything that we do, the way we think, our character, our personality, becoming one with God. Mm. Amazing stuff. Okay, made in the image of God, made spiritual beings. And, of course, you know, it's so often that um, you talk to secular people who, you know, are working in you know, various industries. And say, for instance, I've, I've spoken with secular people working in the mental health Industry, and they're like, well, you know, as a as a spiritual person, you have so much to offer that we can't offer, mm. because right. you can offer the spiritual aspect. And they recognise that human beings are spiritual beings, but as a secular person, they're limited by not having a God aspect in their lives. There's a God shaped hole in every single one of us, mm. and only God can fit it. And we know it in the in the bottom of our heart. We actually know that. It throws my mind back to one of the times we've talked to David Haupt about the cycle of addiction. Uh, yes. This is a series we're doing here on Faith FM with him. And when we talk about the cycle of addiction and, and we were just mentioning the fact that, you know, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous was something that was so unsuccessful until they brought in the Christian aspect of it. And then overnight yes. became one of the single most successful addiction programs in the world because you bring in this, this aspect of, oh, you can act 
actually heal and replace the hurt that you're feeling that is leading you into this addiction. Yes. They realize that it's not just about stopping your addiction of the substance, but dealing with the underlying issues. And yeah, the, the trauma that people go through the and that they're dealing with to lead them to this, it's something that can only be filled by God. It can, it's something that only, like, God is the ultimate healer of our emotional wounds because, yeah, we don't have a, we don't have a medicine, you know, we don't have a, a bandage, so to speak, that can, that can heal that. We, you know, we have, a, we have medication, you know, antidepressant medication, things like this that are definitely helpful to deal with the symptoms. But when it comes to dealing with the deep struggles that people are going through, mostly, yeah, because of the falling out of the relationships and maybe the abuse or the, the, the heavy, you know, sorrow that comes with those relational struggles. The only way to deal with that is with a spiritual God. Mm. Um, and thankfully, you know, that's who we worship. That's who we believe in. Okay. So there's a whole, probably a whole bunch of different things we could uh, talk about here, but we need to look at some of the other ways in which we were made in the image of God. And some of the other ways that, well, the next point that I want to bring up is this. Was anything else that God created made in his image. Does the mm. Bible say that anything else was created in his image? Mm. I don't think so. It doesn't. Mm. You're absolutely right. There is nothing else that the Bible says that was created in God's image except for human beings. So does that then place us in a different category to the rest of creation? Yeah. Well, yes, it gives us that special connection that, you know, that is unique only to us. And, you know, we see that a lot when you look at how we were made he spoke everything into existence and then he came to us and he didn't just speak us into existence as he could have it didn't make the other creatures any less you know worthy so to speak it didn't make them you know you know, like evil or anything they were still yes. good but in saying that he took the time to not just speak us but to make us physically and you know he put his he breathed into us he put his own breath into us which is just you know like an example, a symbol of that special connection that he wanted to have with us. Whether we choose to have it or not, it is there and it's waiting for us, um, even in the origins of how we were created. Mm. Okay, so think about this then. If you look at our origins, let's, let's, because I really appreciate what you just said, but if you look at our orig- origins from an evolutionary perspective, how does that change it? Oh, well, we are a byproduct of everything rather yes. than the purpose of everything. Are we any more value than any other form of creation? No. Uh, no. no. Absolutely not. So this is the the thing that's so interesting is that, like, whilst the rest of creation is, uh, you know, in, in the Christianity model, it's like it, all of it was created perfect, uh, but we are the most valuable because of what Janae was mentioning earlier, that the purpose of creation was for us. Um, and it's, but you know, in the in the evolutionary model, as you mentioned earlier, it's like that the creation is you know a running machine. Evolution, you know, the the yeah. coming about of people is a running machine, and we are a byproduct of that. But that's not the message that God communicates to us. That's not the message we get from creation. Yes, the evolutionary model makes us equal to you know uh, bugs and insects, and you have you know people today, you know, extreme greens and so forth, who won't drive a car in case they run into a bug because that's of equal value to a human being. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible mm-hmm. teaches that we are of infinite value, so much value that Jesus Christ gave his life for us. Yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now it is time for Question of the Day. All right, Lyle, Question of the Day. 
Are Nathaniel and Bartholomew the same person and was Bartholomew of royal blood? Okay, there's a really interesting question right here. So basically what you've got is this. Bartholomew is mentioned in Matthew, Mark and Luke. Mm -hmm. Nathaniel is not. Mm -hmm. Nathaniel is mentioned in John and Bartholomew is not. Heavy. Okay, so that's... Now, here's the other thing. (laughs) Philip and Bartholomew... Are best friends. Uh-huh. Matthew, right. Mark, Luke. They're best friends. Philip and Nathaniel in the Gospel of John best friends. are best friends. Which okay. is why many people say, well, Nathaniel, Bartholomew is just um, Nathaniel's last name. Mm-hmm. He's Nathaniel Bartholomew, or by maybe Bartholomew and Nathaniel. Mm-hmm. The answer is we don't know, but mm-hmm. that is what seems to be the case. Okay. So that's what right. that's what actually makes sense when you look at you know the twelve disciples and so forth. That's what makes the most sense. Um, is he of royal blood? Well, this is a tradition that comes down to us from well, kind of antiquity, but not really that far back in antiquity. Not certainly not from the first century uh, that he is related to or descended from the kings of Gesher or Golan, mm. and later his father moved to Cana. Um, but he was not actually from Cana, as is uh, commonly assumed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is according to the blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, who made that particular claim right there. So if you believe in the blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich, then maybe you believe that he's of royal blood. Maybe she had it right, maybe she did. I don't know. So there's a couple of don't knows in today's answer. What is very interesting is the tradition... And the history that is related to um, Bartholomew, and that is that he was a missionary uh, in Armenia and across to India, so over there with Thomas. And there's a massive church that developed in the East that we are often unfamiliar with today because it's a part of the world that has largely been dominated by uh, Islam, but Christianity has never been entirely wiped out. What we what we forget is that there were huge Christian nations, and of course Armenia is very very uh, strongly Christian, even though it is pretty much surrounded by Islam. In fact, the church in Armenia from the very first century right through until modern times was a Sabbath keeping church. Wow, without any break whatsoever at all, right through, right the way through. One of those uh, few churches that did come right through, like the church in Ethiopia, which still keeps the Sabbath today. Um, and the church in Armenia was a part of that very same tradition. And so the church that was established there was, you know, a, a, a rock solid church. Um, and so, yeah, Bartholomew went out and did great missionary endeavors, spreading the church right through the east. That church spread through to Mongolia, to China, to Japan, went right the way through. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.